friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your ears as we tune into Theater Schmierder. Hi, I'm Professor DeMunbrun, and I am welcoming Elizabeth Nicholson here with me today. Hi, Beth. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Uh, are you enjoying your spring break? I am. I have a lot more hours at work than usual, which is great, but I'm also having a lot of downtime to just, you know, exercise and read my lines for Hamlet. You do have Hamlet. So who's playing Hamlet in Hamlet again? I am. <laughs> you are. How does it feel to be Hamlet? It's kind of scary. Like, like I mean, it's, it's a good scary, but okay. like, it's like I really, I really want to do the part justice, and I, I, I will do the part justice. But oh, I have faith in you. I wouldn't have cast you otherwise. Um, well, Beth knows that I've been really excited about the production of Fences for film. Um, Fences was originally written by August Wilson, and he actually wrote a whole bunch of plays um, about called the Philadelphia uh, Pittsburgh Cycle. I'm sorry, excuse me. Beth, can you give us a little bit of rundown about what Fences is about? Yeah. So Fences is about Troy, an African-American man who works hard for his family but doesn't know how to handle the life he's been dealt. Um, He also has a strained relationship with his son, who has a scholarship to go to college and play football, but Troy won't let him go. Well, and that's really hard. I mean, we know a lot of people, even here at Wesleyan, who are here on scholarships for athleticism. And so it's really hard if his father wouldn't let him go. Why wouldn't he? Uh, He was afraid that they would do him like they had done Troy. Troy was a great baseball player in his day, but because he was black, he wasn't allowed to progress to the major leagues. Uh, It really messed with his sense of self-worth. He ended up working as a garbage man, and they wouldn't even let him drive the truck. He could only, like, lift the garbage. Right. Well, and and he does eventually have a fight with his company about that. Um, All of August Wilson's plays focus on life as an African-American during a different era. This one's from the 1950s. He has written one from each decade, and it's actually called The Pittsburgh Cycle, like I said earlier. Yeah. And, like, you said that he had a fight with his company about that position, and it didn't take long for him to win the fight to drive the garbage truck. But it didn't fix his horrible family dynamics at home. His poor wife was like a godsend, and she was always having to pick up the pieces of their family. That Yes. Well, and that makes a lot of sense when you think of August Wilson and his mother who had to pick up the pieces when August Wilson's father had left them. His father was a German immigrant, and his mother was African-American. Um, so it'll be—it's really representative of his life. Yeah. Yeah, and— I mean, Troy didn't leave, but he did have an affair, and his mistress had his child and then died in childbirth, and his wife, Rose, agrees to ra- agreed to raise the child as her own. Um, we also learn about Troy's brother, who was injured in World War II and has a metal plate in his head from what would today be classified as a traumatic brain injury. He's not really right after his brain injury, and Troy takes advantage of it by putting him in a home so that he can take his brother's social security checks. And Troy messes up a lot after that, even, and he ends up dying eight years later of a heart attack. Well, we don't see him. I mean, we see um, him 
and hi- him interacting with his wife. We see him interacting with his son, but we don't mm-hmm. real. We see him interacting with his brother, mm-hmm. but we don't really see him towards the end of his life. Like after he screws up, he brings the child home. Rose says it's not the child's fault that he's in this situation, and takes the child in. And that's towards the end of kind of what we see. We see that, okay, it's maybe kind of sort of going to be okay. And then the next scene is him, um, is is for his funeral. We don't see anything else in those last eight years of his life. Um, Every time I read this story, I really want to hate Troy. Really want to hate him. Um, But... He does so many awful things. He screws over his brother, his wife, his son. He couldn't progress, so he was holding everyone back. And Beth and I have had this conversation about how he can't see past the end of his nose. You know, he was screwed with as a kid. His father had terrible relationships with him and his mother, so that's just a cycle. Um, Poor Rose was left to make everything right, but we have to have empathy for Troy. We have to be able to look beyond a character, and especially as actors, we have to be able to say, okay, this actor is not, this character is not the villain in his story. Mm-hmm. How do they see themselves as the hero in their own story? Because I think most of us do, whether we do right or wrong. Um, it's easy to see how he fell short when you think about his upbringing, but it was so hard to get over that. Yeah, and I, I think it... I think of the piece is very relevant even today because it shows like like what you said about how he didn't see he was the villain himself as the villain in his story even though his family would say something completely different but it also shows like the vulnerability of like human nature like especially when environment is taken into account he didn't really have anybody to show him how he was supposed to treat a family. Right. Like, his father was not the role model that he needed, so he couldn't translate that to his children, Corey and Lyons and Raynell. Is He didn't have anything to go off of. Right. Right. He had no idea what to do. So, this is something that I would consider pop culture and pop news, um, because Viola Davis just won Best Actress in a Supporting Role for her role in the uh, Academy Awards this weekend. Um, it was also nominated for Best Motion, Motion Picture, Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role for Denzel Washington, Best Adapted Screenplay for August Wilson. It won at the Screen Actors Guild Award for Male Actor in a Leading Role for Denzel Washington. And it's been up for a ton of nominations. Mm-hmm. Um, which is amazing because we, we think of theater and we think it's you know the old stuffy style. In so many ways. We think you go into a dark room, you sit, you're quiet, you see live people on stage, and this is bringing theater to a wider audience. Is there anything else? What are some other things that we can think of that's doing that? Because this is something that's happening consistently. Bringing to a wider audience? Mm-hmm. Like like adapting it to screenplay? Yes. And stuff? Uh, well, I mean, Denzel Washington's doing that with, like, a lot of August Wilson's plays. Yes, he's doing all of the cycle mm-hmm. Um, but we have also seen it with the Disney films bringing the musicals. So once a year they're doing the musicals um, or twice a year as often as Disney can find money to do that. Yeah. I mean, Disney always has money to do that. Disney always has money. Yeah. We should just be Disney. Disney, if you're looking for a partner, please find me. Um, <laughs> KWC would love to partner with you. Um, so the... 
So the idea that we're bringing theater to a wider audience, mm-hmm. they've been taking things at Metropolitan Opera and video videoing them for um, performances at different theaters around the country. Oh, oh yeah. I just, I, I actually just remember I saw Newsies. Um, they oh. did. They've had the touring Broadway show of Newsies, and mm-hmm. it just, it's just closed up, and it, that makes me really sad because I wanted to go see it live. But they filmed <laughs> it. And they released it to select theaters across the country for just a few days. And I got to go see it in the theater in Bowling Green. And it was like, that's amazing because a lot of us couldn't make it to like the Chicago show or the show in San Diego or something like that. Right. Especially being here in Owensboro, while it's two hours to Louisville and it's two hours to Nashville and it's an hour to Evansville. I mean, that's great that we're kind of sort of close, but some of these tours don't come there. And when they are there, we're not necessarily available. Right. So being able to then make these things more mainstream is great. Is yeah. is very cool. Um, did you watch her? Did you watch her speech at all? Yeah, I did. did I you? watched Viola Davis's speech. Yeah. How was it? I've heard good things, but I don't. I she was it. talking about how she loved the play because it just it showed how how much real people like the people you see every day are so overlooked by the media and then like like august wilson just brought these normal people to life and just showed them as you know like you you see inside of their hearts and you see like the struggle that they're going through on a daily basis and you meet these people every day but you don't necessarily always watch movies about them Right, like because they want to people a lot of a lot of times people want to make movies that are, you know, more action packed or more like about this and that instead of just the mundane. Right, and and we think about these people, and it's a great way to bring empathy for people who are different than yourself, mm-hmm. because you don't see everyone else's story, you don't see the kind of lives that they lead. So being able to see those lives is is great for us to then be able to make those relationships. Um, In 2015, Denzel Washington said he would direct, produce, and star in Fences, but then produce the other nine for HBO. His goal is one a year for the next nine years. Oh, my gosh. That's a commitment. Right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean... mean (laughs) That's awesome passion for that work, too. Like, I'm, I, I love seeing that passion. And I'm glad that the estate gave him permission to produce those because August Wilson died in 2005. It was just six months after his last play, Radio Golf, debuted. I wish he'd been able to see what Denzel Washington is doing with his works. Oh, yeah. He would. <laughs> I, I think he would love it. I think he would be thrilled to see it in this mass production. Um, he... I'm glad that he is just producing the last nine. I mean, I'm sure it was a thrill for him to be in Fences. Mm-hmm. But it would be hard to be in all of them. Even even just like Stan Lee, who pops in and has, you know, his little cameo appearances. Right. That would be really hard to do with nine movies over nine years. Because movies film for six, eight, nine months to a year, and then you're in a year of post-production editing, and... Right, and so you're working on all of that production, and and also you're, you know, learning your character, learning your lines, and having to do everything that the actors are having to do, so that'd be crazy. Right, that would be insane. (laughs) Um, So... I am really glad when theater artists and film artists work together to bring these lives to others. So what character do you, have you read about, seen, whatever, 
um, that forces you to think outside your norm. Because fences is outside most of our norms. Most of us did not grow up in um, low-income housing in Pittsburgh. So, you know, this forces us outside of our normal day-to-day lives. What characters have you seen that forced you outside your norm, and how did it do that? Actually, um... My favorite book of all time is The Outsiders by S.E. Hinton. Mm -hmm. And through the entire book, you're reading about, like, they're the east side, um, uh, well, there's the Soches and the Greasers. The Greasers are the low-income family people, and then the Soches are the rich kids. So through the whole thing, you're seeing how um, the Soches... And the greasers don't get along. The socials are terrible to the greasers, always picking fights with them, always getting the, you know, the high the high ground in the arguments. Or, I mean, like, they would jump them a lot. And so through most of the book, you'll hate the socials because the socials are the bad guys and we're the greasers and we're the good guys because you're reading it from the perspective of the greasers. But by the end of the book, you realize that the socials are actually coming from homes that maybe their parents are, you know, abusive to them. Or they're coming from a lot of... They've got a lot to live up to, like, with their money, with their family's money. And there are a lot of reasons that they treat other people so poorly, just like in this and um, in Fences. And it just kind of makes you remember that, like, we're all human and how would I act in that situation? I would hope that I wouldn't be jumping other people or reacting that way, but I don't know. Right. I didn't grow up the way that they did. Right. So those those kind of characters, I like it when stories show both sides, but, like, those kind of complex characters where they seem so bad on the surface, but underneath is just, like, this vulnerable human being that's just been hurt and doesn't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. What would you say is your favorite character? Favorite character of all time? Yeah. Hmm. I know. That's a really hard one. Yeah. Honestly, I've always loved Leslie Burke from Bridge to Terabithia. Okay. Because she always... It's one of my favorite books. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I love the movie, like the adaptation, too. It's one of my favorite books, too. But, like, her character is so wide-eyed and, but, like, open-minded. Like, she wants to learn everything about everybody and the world around her and... um it's kind of kind of like a picture of how a lot of like a lot of us need to learn how to be because like a lot of us can be closed-minded about other people or about situations and I don't know she just she has an amazing imagination and an open heart for people and everybody cool well thank you miss Beth for joining us today on theater Schmeter. you've done great it was wonderful having you. Um, I'm sure we will hear more from Beth and tune in next week for our next conversation. Have a wonderful week, guys. You've been listening to Theater Schmierder. Join us next week for another episode. The proceeding was a broadcast service of Kentucky Wesleyan College and WKWC. Theater Schmierder cannot be reproduced, rebroadcast, or recorded without written permission by the show's host, WKWC, or Kentucky Wesleyan College.